Hi, I'm Wes. Today is Wednesday the 24th of April 2013 and today I am joined by Mike Tso from Art of Backpacking and Angie and Jeremy Jones from Living the Dream RTW. And in this episode we're talking about the TBU Travel Bloggers book that is coming out um, and also a uh, tourists that got lost in South America and a bit of the backlash that um, eventuated from that and we get a bit off topic and talk about a bunch of travel things as well so thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Wes Wonders podcast Welcome to another episode of the Wes Wonders podcast. Today I'm joined by Mike Tierso from Art of Backpacking and Jeremy Jones and Angie from Living the Dream RTW. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Oh yeah, I'm alright. It's a bit cold down here, but uh, bit good. <laughs> How about everyone over good. there? We needed to get warmer here, so you can have the cold. Take it back. Yeah, please. Yeah, it was warm for like the last week. And then today, bam, cold. Yeah, I was just kind of shot up out of nowhere. I think it's uh, really windy on the mountains near me, maybe. So, yeah, um, I feel like this winter lasted especially long because I kept traveling to destinations that were very cold, just extra cold, so... Uh, I'm sick of it right now. I, I was up in the oil sands in Canada back in November, October, December, so it started snowing there, especially early compared to here, so I, I feel that it's been winter for me for like six months, and I'm just ready to not have cold anymore, so we're going to skip it next year. And that's a great idea, because what I did on my first year was I traveled from north to south and just skipped winter as I went along. You get to pack less. Yeah, it's, it's great. It'll be one week in Nepal. We'll buy jackets and, and gloves just to go up the mountain. And after that, we're getting away. Have you decided if you're going up or not, Angie? Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll probably just make it a last-minute decision. But I know he wants me to go. So if he begs hard enough, then I probably oh, will. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> the cold doesn't get you down It's the low oxygen that's, that's the only thing that I'm afraid of Passing out on the mountain Yeah, breathing is good Altitude bottle. It's rough when you're in high altitude I'll, I'll get you a few bottles of canned air It'll be good <laughs> I've tried that It didn't work on me But I, I guess it's supposed to work I don't know don't tell her that. She's going <laughs> to... Let's give her like a regular can. Yeah, it's got air in it. <laughs> so, yes, you're doing? This is being recorded. I'm not going to commit to anything. <laughs> uh, I tried. The jury's still Next out. Week. <laughs> um, so it's been, uh, what, like two months since you've been on the show, Mike. What, what have you been up to? I know it's been a lot. Oh, me? Um, geez. I just went in the last two months. I've been traveling pretty often within Europe. I went to Finland, which is what I was saying. It's extra cold there. But uh, I didn't realize I was going to actually like the cold. I mean, I was over it once it was done, but I did enjoy it. It was for a press trip. I visit Finland, and I loved it there. They have... Um, Husky sledding, and then there's a snow castle, and that was all really awesome. And then I went down into Italy, Rome, and a bunch of other touristy sites. I really loved Bologna. That was really cool. Um, then up to Berlin for in a massive uh, trade travel conference, ITV, which was just enormous. Bigger than any was, of the uh, that you've been to? That took up the majority of my last two months. 
Nice. And did you say Snowcastle somewhere in there? Yeah, the Snowcastle is pretty intense. And I slept in the Snowcastle. So, it was it was cold, but if once you got a sleeping bag, it's not so bad. It's just the face itself that's cold. But inside the sleeping bag itself, you're pretty all right. It keeps you pretty warm. How cold was, was it? Minus, minus 20, minus 30? Yeah, the first day I got there was minus 20 um, uh, Fahrenheit, and it was really cold. But then it got up to, like, minus 10, which was much warmer. Yeah, that, that's about the temperatures that I experienced. The inside of your nose starts freezing, and uh, yeah. you just want to not be outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't sound like I couldn't even get my hands much. out of my gloves for very long to take pictures because it would just hurt. Yeah, that sounds about right. It only gets worse from there, I'm told, but luckily that was the worst I felt as well. Mm. But uh, you, you guys don't get that kind of cold down in Australia, do you? Um, so where I'm from, probably the coldest it'll get this year will be minus 7 Celsius, so whatever that is, about 20, I think. Yeah, it's a walk in the park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it only gets a bit frosty on the ground, and that's about it where I am. Okay, we are moving there. Australia? Let's go. <laughs> okay, whatever. There's plenty of places to go. It's big enough. <laughs> the, the one thing I really remember well about Australia was that Melbourne, uh, the weather changed pretty often. I had to put a jacket on. But then I had to put a short sleeves on. It was pretty confusing. But it was a beautiful city. Yeah. But that the weather changed pretty often in Melbourne. Yeah, it's one of my favourite cities in Australia. But, yeah, you get that. So we, I was down there a few weeks ago for the Formula One. Um, the first nice. few days it was... Because we were down there for a week. So the first few days I think it was about 40... So I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, a hundred or something. It's pretty warm, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's getting up to high nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like that for two days, and then it dropped down to about fifteen the next day. So. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, I'm going to go with fifty, sixty Fahrenheit. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I really should work out my conversions one day. I still haven't figured it out. I only know it because I, we live it every day being engineers. I, I think that's like the biggest thing I do every day is convert temperature in my head over and over and over again. Well, the weird thing is I can't convert, but I know how cold it is in that temperature or how warm it is. So I, I don't know what, how to convert it, but uh, I know that 40 is going to be really hot, the same way 90 is. Yeah, that, that's about all you need to know. <laughs> and, and if it goes below zero Celsius, it's going to be cold. And if it's really below zero Celsius, you might want to not go wherever you're thinking of going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you've got lots and lots of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jeremy, it's been a whole two weeks since you've been on. Um, what's been happening mm-hmm. with you? <laughs> well, um, what, was it last week that Angie finished her PhD dissertation? She can talk about that for a second because that's pretty much what our life has been for the last month. <laughs> yeah, I've pretty much been working. I don't know. 12, 14 At hour least days. 12 hours a day for the past several months. So it was a huge relief to get that done and over with. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little odd because, you know, we can all see each other on webcam right now, even though this is a podcast. This is Angie's face. And then uh, <laughs> she turns around. This is the back of her head. And this is about what I've seen in the last three months while she's been working on the computer. <laughs> So it's a really nice... Well, he was lying in our hammock, relaxing. 
and by relaxing she means working on the websites and planning and booking for our trip and things like okay, that okay more relaxing than writing a thesis yeah, and this is pretty much the conversation we've been having for the last three months so <laughs> it's kind of nice that we can actually have real conversations again and talk to each other well that's awesome news that you're done and now you can go back to being uh normal i suppose yeah yeah we, we had our first conversation last week about the trip that didn't end up with us like arguing with each other about other things like her defense coming up and being more important so it's like we could actually sit down and talk and be like hey you know we're gonna go to lavender fields and sunflower fields and like france and italy you want to book a hotel because they're starting to book up and yeah let's do it well it's probably all really overwhelming what's that it's probably all really overwhelming yeah yeah, his his tactic was to try to get me to calm down. Was like, oh, think about all these wonderful places we're going to be. I'm like, I can't. I'm so stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> and from what I've learned with Jeremy, he's uh, he's a really good planner. Everything's down yes. to like the dots. So yes. it's, uh, yeah, you know, I'm like, I don't care about way. what train we're taking from here to here and the times and how much it costs and just book it, whatever. I don't care. Like, I'm trying to write my thesis. <laughs> that, that's about what it sounds like. Only reason I care a little bit more right now is it's Western Europe in June and July. Things book up immediately. It's actually kind of crazy. I think I talked about this the last time we were on the podcast, just looking at hotels and things. They just book up right away. So I'm just like, stop writing. We need to look at this. We really do. Otherwise, we're going to be spending $100 more per stay. <laughs> That's just, a good deal, though. Just book wherever you want, and you, know, and you can deal with it later. That's <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to. <laughs> so it's not long before you guys go, is it? Like six weeks? Yeah, it's uh, June 10th. I'm sure you know how many days by now, don't you? You've probably known how many days since you've gone back. Yeah, that's that's also true. Uh, it's like 50 days, something like that. Do you have a countdown uh, on the blog? Counting... Uh, no, I don't have a countdown on the blog. I, I should, though. That's a good idea. I'm more counting down until the last days at my day job. That's kind of more important right now. I remember feeling that my trip started the last day of my job, and that's when I felt like my trip finally started. Yeah, I think that that first day, that like that first Monday, I don't have to go into work and I can just sleep in. I'm not going to know what to do with myself, and Angie's going to be done with school, and I'm going to be done with work, and we're just chilling for a month before we leave. It's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, looking back, what it's been maybe five years since I had the full-time job. And uh, just enjoy it while you still have it right now. And then you end up missing it later on. It's weird. I know you're not going to – you don't think that right now, but for some reason, if you if you do this for long enough, you end up missing it. <laughs> the normality of it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, but – I don't know, for some reason, it, there's some comfort in probably going into work. I, I, I could see that. Maybe not the five-day, eight-hour-day routine. Maybe if you could yeah. cut it to three days, yeah, that wouldn't be as bad. I, I don't know. Angie hasn't had a full-time job. It's just been school, 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 so I don't think you're going to miss it. Yeah, probably not. Your hours are always all over the place. Yeah. You actually are looking forward to getting a job whenever we're finally done, which is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to the money. That's the real thing there. Oh, money is a nice part. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why everyone it. likes having a job as opposed it to running out of bed in the morning. Because you can just go in there and they'll throw money at you as opposed to having to work really hard to have money <laughs> throw coins at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what 
think we do as a career, but we work at a desk, not at a pole. We don't have money thrown at us. Well, true, but, you know, as opposed to running a blog where, you know, you do have to work really hard and you have to go out and find everything yourself as opposed right. to just going into work where you just do your job and... As opposed to you where you're like tonight, oh, I got paid today. Huh, look at that. Yeah. Well, now with the blog, you're going to get paid the same amount as you would maybe as a manager at McDonald's or more hours. <laughs> yes. But but I will feel very happy at my job. Well, that is at least, true. That's at least my desk will be, you know, right next to the Eiffel Tower on the beach or... And I can drink and not get in trouble. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Take that. Kind <laughs> of love those little perks. And then everything becomes a write-off. <laughs> it does. But I'm not that organized, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm starting my envelope of write-off receipts. It's starting to get a little nasty. Yeah, I'm trying to do last year still. I had to delay it because my folder of receipts is uh, too big and it's taking me forever to get the process. Uh, the joys. Travel blogger problems. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, well, I suppose we'll jump into um, this first story that we have. Um, it's from... Uh, travel Bloggers Unite, or TBU, which is, what is that, a big travel blogging convention, essentially. Um, and they're putting out a a book of was it, some of the biggest travel bloggers. Um, I don't know how many they're putting in it. They, they don't really say, I don't think. But, you know, so they're getting their numbers from how many people go to these travel blogs and how many followers they have on Facebook and Twitter. Um and yeah, so you can get a book of some of the best travel bloggers out there and start following them. So, um, yeah, we, what do you guys think about this book? I'll start with you, Jeremy, because I know what Mike might think. <laughs> I, I think any sort of travel blogger collection type service is always a, a good thing just to have people's names out there in one directory. Um, the problem that I have with it is it's kind of, it's advertised as the, the biggest, the best, the most well-known bloggers, but uh, you have to pay 25 British pounds a year to get listed in it. Or at least that's what I saw when looking at the website. So it kind of defeats the purpose of biggest, best, you know, most well-renowned bloggers if you just have to pay to enter. I don't know if there's any other entry criteria for it or not to limit people, but the, the pay-to-play thing kind of bothers me. Yeah. Angie? Yeah. Uh, what he said. <laughs> I kind of I dropped this article on her just a, a little bit before the podcast started. I think she has a bigger opinion on the uh, the other article we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, I mean, I'm obviously not as experienced in travel blogging as you guys are, so... I'll just defer to Jeremy's judgment. <laughs> it gets worse in the relationship. I mean, with Stephanie and I, like, more than half of our conversations now are about travel blogging in some way. It's kind of, I mean, I guess we have something to talk about all the time because there's always something going on, like things like this book. But, yeah, I wonder what would we talk about if it wasn't for travel blogging? <laughs> just travel. Yeah. Travel blogging, just, just what you like to do when you travel. Yeah. Well, well the book for me, um, I, I don't know if I can comment on the book really because I haven't seen it yet, or I don't know if anyone's really seen it. Um, I don't, I don't have much to say about the book itself because, well, I'm going to be in it because um, I'm speaking at it in a few weeks. I have two sessions there actually, and both are going to be on WordPress. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. It's also going to be my first time at TBU, so I don't know what everyone says good things. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot smaller than the huge conference of TV, TVX or ITV and all those other ones. But I think it seems like a pretty good conference, more intimate, and looking forward to going in, in Rotterdam. 
the book itself doesn't it can't hurt um but i guess because i'm getting it for free to be listed maybe i have a different perspective on it i'm not sure if i would have paid or not to be in it if i wasn't but since i'm in there for free i guess i can't complain too much yeah always makes it a plus um so what did you have to do like what kind of information did they put in the book can you tell us that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) um I don't. I didn't get. I didn't provide any like analytics stuff. So I don't think they got page visitor, visitors or anything. But obviously, things like Twitter and Facebook is public, so that will most likely be on there. Maybe a description and some pictures or something will also be on there. Hmm. Do you know how many are people gonna, are going to be part of it? Well, there's few hundred that that go every conference so he's probably got quite a lot of people on there because it's free it's free if you're all you've already been to tv you've already been to one then you automatically get at it especially as a speaker but if you've never been then you need to pay the 25 that jeremy was saying um so i mean that could be hundreds but i don't know how many of them are going to be on there? How many of them were travel bloggers that were go- that are going? So I'm not really certain. But I think it's releasing soon, right? So we'll probably find out a lot more. Yeah. I'm guessing you didn't sign up. Um, no, I, I only found out about it the other day, and well, I've never even been to TBEX or TBU because. For some reason, they like to hold them all the way on the other side of the world. Makes it hard for me to get to. (laughs) If you can uh, convince them to have the next one in Fiji, Angie and I will be the first people there a week early and a week later. (laughs) Now, that would be nice. I don't think anyone else is going. You might be on your own. (laughs) Hey, that's okay. (laughs) It's still a tax write-off, right? Yeah. Still got to spend the money, though. Yeah. That's okay. (laughs) Would you go back to Fiji, Mike? You were there last year. Yeah, I would definitely. I loved Fiji. I was just actually editing some pictures from Fiji. I'm still editing them, yes. And because I took that many pictures. It's beautiful. You've been there? Um, yeah, I went when I was yeah, 12 and for my honeymoon. Mm. But we didn't see much of it on the honeymoon, just the pool, mostly. It's all you need to see when you're on your honeymoon. That's right. It was a very nice pool, I'm told. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we talked about that one a few podcasts ago. Yeah, and I think last podcast as well. <laughs> Oops. It was a very nice pool. <laughs> yeah. That was my last Then trip. if you got regular listeners, they'll know what you're talking about then. Yeah. Well, hopefully there's a few out there. Hey to all my regular listeners. <laughs> um, and, and now all they want to do is see a picture of this pool because I keep saying how amazing it is, but I've actually not seen a photo of it. I'm just taking your word for it. <laughs> Maybe I should just put it up on my blog. Just be like, this is the pool. <laughs> I think I did... Oh. No, I think I was just talking about what I did on the honeymoon. So maybe I'll link to that story because it does have a few pictures of the pool. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this book, um, I reckon it's probably a good idea as, like, if you're thinking about travel and I know you want a few travel bloggers out there so you can read some blogs and find out about some stuff. Um, and they're all in one place so you don't have to go searching for them, but... I don't know, like, because if there's going to be a few hundred in there, I don't know what kind of information they're going to be putting on each page, so I don't know how you'll differentiate between the ones that you might like and the ones that you won't. Well, I think it's specific for PR. I don't know if it's for the regular people out there. Oh, right. I might be listening. I don't think it's for the regular traveller. Probably for industry only. I would say that's probably true as well because I think most every one of us have massive blog roll somewhere on their page. I know 
on on living the dream we have one that has two three four hundred people in it all alphabetical order but we don't we don't get into the details of like stats or facebook followers because if you're just looking for a blog to read as a as a traveler you don't care about that so it sounds like this one just more get your name out there in the the pr world but i I said at the beginning of this uh, i've seen these over and over and over again so it's kind of lost meaning to me pay five dollars a year to join this one pay fifty dollars a year to join this one um we're doing quite fine without paying people money for promotion but you know give it give it six months ten you know twelve months see see how it goes and we might change your mind yeah well yeah i suppose especially once you have to live on it yeah that, that that's the other thing too for us like we're getting ready to leave so i'm trying to save all the money we can so it's uh as much as i want to keep reinvesting where i can i kind of have to draw the line uh some of it's play money and i only have limited uh business money <laughs> knowing you you're probably counting your pennies jeremy <laughs> uh, i do have a very good count of all of my pennies he is pretty obsessive about that uh, I just I found that if I'm not then my money magically starts disappearing on me so by keeping track of what I do and don't have I kind of stay on track with my savings a little better you are efficient you gotta say that it's the engineering me I can't help it <laughs> built into him with the degree Cool. Um, well, I'll jump to the next story then, because um, yeah, that one's pretty interesting. So, so this story um, uh, was a, a graduate from a university in Oregon was travelling around South America, um, and she decided to get a lift with some truck driver from one place to I think it's across the Argentinian border. I think. Um, and she did that on Tuesday, and then I think by, what was it, Friday, they had all these, um, you know, if you've seen this person, contact the FBI and or contact the mother um, kind of thing. So, yeah, that that's the first part of the story. So, thoughts? Yeah, um... I, I found this article on uh, Facebook share with a bunch of travel bloggers commenting on it. He, the, the summary says pretty much accurate. She picked up a, a hitchhike to go from Argentina to Chile on a Tuesday, and by Saturday of that same week, it was just like a completely overblown story that she hadn't checked in. It was interesting to me. It was like she's backpacking around uh, South south america for nine months and it's like eight months into it and they quote her mom saying uh she's never not contacted before she's been very good about contacting and and you know for me you know i was gone for asia for five months and and angie was at home and i think she can count dozens of times that i just be gone days or you know, a few times I might have been gone for a week without internet just because uh, you magically show up somewhere and the internet's gone it's a interesting story just because uh, you know a month ago there was another story about a couple in Peru who went missing and it turns out they were just going to the Amazon for a, a week or so and then they get back to civilization and you know FBI is looking for them and the, the major freakouts and they're just like yeah, we're traveling. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I had the same kind of thing when... Um, so when I went to... Uh, where was I? Bangkok. The hotel had really bad Wi-Fi, um, and it was really expensive, so I just didn't get it um, pretty much all. You know, I couldn't log on properly. So I didn't send a email to Hannah, um, this was before we were married. So she was kind of, I think it was about five days before I got internet when I was in Cambodia. Um, so she was kind of freaking out uh, a little, but I think it was more because she thought I didn't love her rather than the fact that she thought I was lost somewhere in the middle of nowhere. 
Hmm. Um, that familiar. <laughs> so, did you want to comment on that one? <laughs> I did. I did love it. <laughs> Still do. See, it happens. Um, but, I mean, yeah, as soon as I had proper internet, I sent her an email. Um, but, yeah, she she wasn't sending out a missing persons or anything on me, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think when we go on our trip it's gonna be pretty interesting for my parents because I haven't been gone for from home for you know, out of the country for more than a couple of weeks at a time. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they deal with it. But hopefully they won't be calling the cops or the FBI or whatever. They don't hear from us for a couple of days. Hopefully they're conditioned enough to know that we were liable to just, you know, not check in because of any number of reasons, and internet being the biggest one. Or they could just check your Twitter account. That's probably more likely to be updated than your blog or your Facebook. That's that's true. If we get those Google Glasses then and we update that from there, it's like no internet. Hey, Twitter. So, wait, you are getting them? I, I still don't know. Um, I'm still waiting for the email on when I can pick them up. So if it's before we go, uh, Angie here is actually the one pushing to get it. So if it's before we leave, yes. Do you know how cool you'd look at T-Bex with those things? You'd be really, uh, people would be looking at you for sure. Well... I'll, I'll take that as uh, marketing or PR or something. You'll definitely get a few flights out of that one. Yeah. All, all, all attention is good attention. <laughs> that is true. Before midnight. <laughs> um, my uh, the, the, one of the reasons... <clears throat> Sorry? Uh, I was going to say, one, one of the reasons I, I suggested we talk about this article with, with Angie being here is to get her opinion on when I was going solo without her and just wouldn't check in if she, if she ever thought I was lost or missing or was going to call in. No, it was mostly just I thought you didn't love me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, beforehand, if you would kind of know if you were had the possibility of not having internet for a few days. So it was kind of like, you know, not out of the blue or anything. Well, I think that's the big thing here is that this girl, she was probably always online all of the time and she probably updated once a day. But you, you updated maybe every once in a while, all of the time also. like Angie maybe got used to Jeremy posting once every two days or something. Well, with this other lady that posted every single day, maybe every hour or something, and then all of a sudden stopped then that is probably more suspicious because you're just updated so often, which is also really weird. If you're traveling, you shouldn't be on uh, Facebook or whatever so often. Yeah. yeah. And it might have been heightened by the fact that she was like, yeah, I just met this truck driver. He seems like a nice guy. I'm going to go across the border with him. <laughs> that probably didn't help much. Oh, yeah, and all of a sudden go MIA, yeah. The follow up to that was nice. She, she, she you know, I, I, I don't want to think like I'm, I'm picking on this poor traveler. I, I would have been so embarrassed if I was her. They put up updates from her afterwards, and she just seemed so embarrassed. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. The internet was bad. I didn't want this to get out of control. Like, I think anyone would probably crawl under a rock for a while after that happened, just to get out of the way. And you know, it's no fault to her really that you know. The internet was issues, but if, if that happened to me, I, I probably wouldn't want to show my face for a while just from being so embarrassed by the whole thing. Yeah. In South America, I don't know. I've met a few travelers hitchhiking over there, and um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do it, and it just seems kind of crazy to do it, but I guess some people do that, and they're perfectly fine. But it's, it does seem a bit risky and something to be concerned of if you go missing for a long period of time. But she did only go missing for four days, which 
I don't know. That's not yet. Like you said, it's not enough time to be concerned. Yeah, especially I, I would look into South America since we're trying to get there next year. Depending on how far you go, it might take you four days just to get somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or... Well, I think Mike, Mike will just kind of made a face like he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, South America internet is pretty horrible. Yeah, Angie's not looking forward to the 48-hour bus rides going up and down Chile and South America, or in Argentina. Bring drama, mean motion sickness pills. Yes. I get extremely motion sick. So Me too. It'll be okay. Hey, if I can get you to Antarctica, the buses will be the least of your problems. Oh boy. It always Actually, turns to Antarctica. <laughs> uh, the buses feel like you're going to die in South America. I said, especially, I think Colombia. I, I just thought this is the end of my life. This is it. Like, I'm just going to sit down and, and enjoy it while I'm still alive. It was a nightmare. Doesn't that give you lots of hope, Angie? Yes. <laughs> so, and how do the buses compare to biking on the death road in Bolivia? That that would be my question. I would do the death road blindfolded, then be on a bus in Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's really terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they drive like maniacs. I don't know. They just uh, if you're familiar with like Southeast Asian buses, they you know, go around the other people are going too slow, but they do that times 10. I don't know what their deal is, but uh, they really go to extreme speeds on, like, you know, near-end cliffs on short roads. Sounds exciting. Well, we should be excited, at least in the the sense that that'll be towards the end of our trip. So at least if... uh, (laughs) If we die, we won't be well, I finished most of the trip. It's just, uh, you know, Belize, okay, I guess we're not going to make it. <laughs> we don't have enough money to go back home, so we'll just go to South America, catch a bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least in Argentina, the roads are just mostly just straight and wide open spaces. Uh, but then when it comes to the Andes here, all right going around mountains and everything. You're going into Chile, so... It's a bit more rough. I suppose if they're doing it all the time, though, they'd be kind of used to it. It's just that we're not used to it because we have road rules, maybe. Yeah. Okay, I think we got to talk about this. The comments in that article. <laughs> oh, yes. That frustrated me like crazy... And um, I don't know, maybe you guys want to say something first, but that, like, really got me mad. Yeah, that, that was the second reason why I actually picked this article to talk about, because yeah, I make reference to the, the last couple that went, uh, quote, missing in South America and just were exploring the jungle for a while. The, the comments are always the same. It's always just people who clearly have never left the country saying, you know, it's so dangerous. Don't don't go out to these places. You're going to get kidnapped and raped and robbed and murdered. You know, explore the good old USA. It's perfectly or safe. Or maybe Western Europe. Or <laughs> only maybe. Maybe not France. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. They're, they're, I I immediately went down to the comments in those because I just knew what was going to happen. It was surprising though that it was more. Just don't go out of the USA rather than the whole anti-solo female travel argument. But I'm sure that if you would have found the article on a different website, the one I, I shared would probably have a good handful there, too. Yeah, it's a shame because the last time I was on this podcast, um, we were also talking about uh, what happened in India with the rape. And... 
a lot of people were saying, well, she had it coming because she was in India. She was in India. That's ridiculous. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then this new article is basically saying the same thing, like, oh, you left the U.S., so, you know, the world is a dangerous place and you should never really leave it. But as we just discovered, you know, a few days ago and today and everything was happening in the Boston bombing, things are just as dangerous in the U.S. So uh, no matter where you are, things are going to be dangerous. It's just how uh, safe you are and using common sense. It, it, it's interesting you mentioned Boston because I, everyone always kind of looks at Boston as being a relatively safe city, big city, tourist city. Uh, but I would challenge anyone who commented on those articles to uh, walk around with an expensive camera in you know, Detroit or Camden, New Jersey or you know other places that are actually dangerous for a crime and things like that and tell me with a straight face that it's uh you feel more comfortable than walking around argentina <laughs> well yeah camden is like the worst place you could possibly be in the whole u.s it's literally the most uh most impoverished town in all of the u.s you walk in there and you're definitely going to a bad the whole town is basically a bad neighborhood at that point Yeah, I noticed no one no one suggested those places as good old U.S. cities to travel to. <laughs> U.S. is perfectly fine. And you, would, would you rather go to Camden, Detroit, Buenos Aires, especially if I wasn't there? Because, you know, with me possibly doing Everest Base Camp, she, she's, you know, as her alternative was talking, uh, I'll, maybe I'll just go into India and go to a yoga camp for a week while you go hiking. You know, there very well could be places where, where you're going by yourself. Do you have any of those fears? Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't traveled by myself outside of the U.S., so it's definitely something I'm not used to. And, I mean, I would definitely, hopefully by that point, be a little bit more, you know... Open. You know, ready and able to travel by myself but yeah it's definitely always a concern I think instincts kick in after you've been traveling for a while though things become more natural and then you just get into a routine of you know checking in checking out where are you going to eat and where you're not going to eat or you know what are you going to see pulling out maps whatever it may be yeah, and well, I think yeah, the, the thing is, sorry, I was gonna say the instinct thing. Like, it, you're gonna use it just as much in, you know, a town or city that you've never been to, even if it is just two towns over from where you live. Like, if you don't know it, you you're gonna be wanting to use the same instincts and, you know, not go go to the dodgy areas if you feel dodgy. Like, it's just the the same as traveling overseas. It's you just further away yeah that, that's about the same that I was going to say you know if, if someone's giving you the, the creepy feeling that you don't want to be near them then you probably don't want to be near them but you know it, it's not like you just magically show up in the country and your alarms start going off and everyone's freaking you out I mean maybe if you're in, in like Beijing or Delhi or surrounded by 10 million people that that's a different kind of issue but another discussion but you know the, the comments are doing such generalizations of like everywhere outside of the US you will die it's like no I probably have a bigger chance of that happening here it's like, I'm, I'm still yeah, here I'm not from the US <laughs> see, see look Australia perfectly fine <laughs> More fine than the U.S. That's probably very true. (laughs) I I think maybe some of your listeners might think that we are over-exaggerating the comments, but that's actually what they're saying, which is really crazy. And uh, it's hard to imagine that these people actually think that if they leave the country, you know, the, the, the world is really crazy for them and they shouldn't escape their home. 
the, yeah, the we, good news to that is they, they luckily probably don't have passports and actually don't leave the country. So for everyone who's outside of the U.S., you don't have to deal with these people like we do. Because <laughs> they're never going to leave the country anyway, because the U.S. is awesome. <laughs> Which, the U.S. is very awesome, but I like places outside of the U.S. too. And, I don't know, it's kind of disappointing as well, because... I know I learned a lot about myself and, you know, um, other countries and stuff like that when I started travelling. Um, and, yeah, it's just disappointing that they think, you know, if you leave, you're going to get hurt or something bad's going to happen when really it's a much more fulfilling experience if they do leave and then come back. Yeah, I think that... If Americans would to travel more, we'd be a better country. And we would learn about the world much better than what we know, what the typical American knows about the world right now. I'd like to actually, not, not to make light on the, the recent events, but I'd like to do a poll of Americans and see if they could actually find Chechnya on the map. I, I would give you like five minutes to start looking. That, well, there was that, that whole of... big confusion with, I mean, Czech Republic was trending on Twitter. It has nothing yeah. to do. Chechnya, it's, it's, re, it's ridiculous. We actually were reading that right before we started this podcast, that some <laughs> ambassador or representative from the Czech Republic had to make a statement that said, we're not Russia. We're not, <laughs> we're not, like, anywhere, we're not even, like, Ten times of time zones away from <laughs> what we're what we're talking about. <laughs> Those poor checks. Now they're gonna people are gonna start blaming them, and they didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so, so for the guys like like us in the U.S., do you, do you have to deal with anything like this in Australia, or is it very much a U.S. thing? Um. Yeah, I mean, we we get the odd person um, who, yeah, just thinks nothing of anything outside of Australia. But I don't know, maybe because we're so isolated or, you know, flights to Southeast Asia are cheap or maybe because New Zealand's so close as well. But, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of Aussies know where a lot of other stuff is. I don't know, maybe they just teach geography more in um, Aussie schools. Because I think um, it was probably a few years ago we had one, a comedy um, show, and I think they were, they were paying out Americans because I think they were over there for something. And they had a map saying, you know, where would you... You know, which angle would you attack Iraq from? And they had Iraq on the map, but they had it in different countries. So on one of them, they had Iraq over Australia, like instead of Australia. And, you know, someone's like, oh, yeah, you attack from this, from the top. That's where they're weakest. So, you know, we're all like, oh, my goodness. Like, you seriously don't know that that's Australia? It was just kind of worrying. And they had, um, you know list three countries that begin with you and um, somebody said Utah in, instead of United States so uh, I, I don't know like sometimes it it just seems like a bit of a worry like some of the stuff that come out come, comes out from over there but again that's a big generalisation from our point of view <laughs> So I'm sure it's just a select few people. I hope. So, so if you were to see an article come up and uh, someone from Australia went to China or something and, and they didn't check in, uh, would you expect to see similar comments like we do in the, in the U.S.? Because I, I can I can tell you that when I opened that article. I was more interested in seeing the comments because I knew exactly what was going to be on there because it's the same every single time something like this happened. And it just makes me shake my head. Like, just so disappointed that people could actually think that. And I know it's only a mi minority that actually take the time to say things, but 
it's the same over and over again. So do you see that in, in these cases on the Australian news stories? Um, yeah, sort of. So if if you're actually talking to a group of people, um, it would be a normal conversation. But I think on the news sites, you do get a lot of people like that doing those comments because they're the because everyone else just thinks oh yeah he probably just doesn't have internet China's internet's a bit sketchy at times or you know can't check into Facebook because you can't use it but and yeah then they'll just do their own thing but I suppose with the people that comment they're the ones that actually you know get themselves all riled up and take out take the time to make a comment so I think that's why the comments end up like that. Like I was reading um, one story, it was totally unrelated to travel. Um, it was about um, these two guys that kept pulling pranks on each other. Um, so I think he went, one of the guys went overseas for 20 days. So his friend bought like $600 worth of popcorn, popped it all and then filled his whole room with popcorn. Um, which you know is hilarious, and that's wanted, awesome. Yeah, I mean, and all my friends thought it was great, and you know, like that guy's awesome. The first comment on that story was, "I had six hundred dollars once, and I spent it wisely," and then they rant about something else. <laughs> I'm just like, to me, the translation is, "I have no sense of humor." I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, yeah, just a certain type of people that actually takes the time to comment on those, um, the kind of people that write letters to the editor, I think, sometimes. <clears throat> but I don't know. So, so we do I get... I think compares to the YouTube comments. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's an interesting bunch of people there. Yes, YouTube definitely has a certain group. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't understand them. But, yeah. Maybe we can all sleep a little easier knowing that only the people who are really opinionated and not very familiar with all the the details are the ones that comment because everyone else just says, oh, yeah, yeah, we've been there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of what it boils down to. Well, I hope it is. Maybe that's just my opinion. Although Angie's never filled her bedroom up with $600 of popcorn before, but that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pretty funny because he, he got back and laughed and then started swimming through the popcorn Room. <laughs> I just picture like you open your bedroom door and it's like the shining with the blood rolling out of the elevator. Just popcorn just rolling it out. Down. It rolls out through your hallway. It'd be pretty funny, like and I I think because um, a whole bunch of their friends all chipped in, so the guy didn't pay six hundred dollars by himself. And it was probably worth it because I th I think the the prank that he pulled on his mate before he left was he um, concreted a block behind his car so he couldn't get his car out of the driveway. <laughs> also expensive Ouch. and funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Wouldn't want to live with housemates like that, but funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I suppose we should start wrapping up the podcast. Um, I did have one question from uh, one of my mates. Um, I was supposed to ask last time, which um, I forgot because I was a bit out of it. Um, he was saying, what's the weirdest food you've tried ever, like in the world, anyone? I think Michael and I have the same answer for this one, so maybe Angie should go first. Because <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> she's not a very extreme adventurous eater. 
Unless I force something in her mouth. Well, you, I have to think about it. Go ahead. Oh, I would have to say mine is Balut in Vietnam. A. Which is the uh, fertilized duck embryo that they uh, boil and break out of its shell. And it's staring at you, and it tastes like chicken, so it actually tasted pretty good. <laughs> it tasted like a um, normal egg to me. Like, I didn't even notice that between uh, a normal egg. Maybe yours was a little bit more developed. I mean, I could see the, the, the chicken in there, but... Yeah, I, I have pictures on our page. Mine is like a fully formed duck, like beak and everything, feathers. Um, it was quite uh, fertilized and ready to go. Uh, yours is definitely more formed. I've seen that picture, yeah. Yours is more formed. Mine wasn't that developed yet. So that would be my craziest. I, I don't know other than... I didn't eat the tarantulas in Cambodia, but I'm just trying to think and fathom in my mind anything that could be more crazy than fertilized duck. Egg. Didn't you? Did you do the sticks on, uh, you know, in Beijing? Those uh, insects on a stick. Yeah, yeah, I did uh, scorpion and snake and one one food in Jean Street in Beijing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember I did that too, and we were talking about that. Yeah, I only did the small scorpion though, not the really big. Juicy yeah, one. I did the small uh, ones too. The big ones were scary. Yeah, and, and and I feel like as weird as it is to say, the scorpion actually was like the same choice there because they had like the millipedes and centipedes and lizards and bottom feeders and I don't I don't do bottom <laughs> feeders. Face right now, just like oh my god. <laughs> yeah, her her mom is actually yelled at me for reposting. I think it was the balut picture. She's like, you have to. Yeah, I put it in a blog post a couple weeks ago, and when she came for her defense last week, she yelled at me. She's like, I could not eat for like an hour. You have to warn me. You are not allowed to use that photo anymore. Do they cook balut first, or is it raw? How do they make it? They, um, I don't know if they do anything special in the market, but they boil it in water, and... And then after it boils, then it's ready to go. And I seem to think that there was something that they did in the market to check to make sure it was ready to go. They put it up to a flashlight to where you could kind of see the shadow on the inside to make sure something was there. I, It's kind of escaping me right now, the full details on that part. It was an interesting market tour. But, yeah, it just boiled, and then, yeah, it's hot and ready to go. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just bought mine on the street. And a bunch of teenagers were hanging out there, you know, in their little stools in Vietnam. And I think it's like what kids do. Like, that's like we're eating Twizzlers or whatever in the U.S. Like, we're just eating candy and stuff. For them, their candy is a balut, I guess. I don't know. Apparently, it's like a hot trend in Vietnam to eat fertilized duck eggs. Mm. See, I did a cooking class, so, like... My, my cooking class had a market tour as the the beginning part where he went and got the ingredients and they showed us around and and the the chef who was writing the class was Australian and she'd just be like anyone know what this is and someone would be like oh yeah that's that's the duck egg and she's like anyone want one and I just kind of raise my hand and we go over to the next vendor and it's like silkworms and she's like anyone want them and I raise my hand <laughs> so she like she got them and she didn't we didn't actually eat it then she like took it back to the uh, cooking school that she ran and then like cooked it up for us there so I don't know if it was uh, different just because that's what she's used to doing compared to other options but it wasn't too bad Angie has said that she would never ever 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 do that in a million years no matter how much money I offered right. so what about this Angie would you do this one I also did this in Vietnam and this would be my answer to as an alternative to Balut so there was a live snake, like the snake was just alive and well, and then you cut open the snakes where the heart is, and then you push out the heart while it's still beating out of the snake, and then you bite the heart out of the snake while it's still alive, and then you eat the heart, <laughs> and then you swallow it, and then you get a shot of the venom blood. <laughs> No, I think I'd rather do balut. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> they, they did that with the, the snake in Yangshuo, China. People were getting really drunk and then eating B 
beating snake hearts. I, I so oh, I was you. wasted. They they mix in rice uh, wine with the venom or something, and some of the blood from the snake, and it just destroyed you. <laughs> and then they cook up the snake like a five course meal out of the whole snake. The, the you know the bony parts, the skin. Everything, all the meaty, the whole thing, and it just tasted great. If you had it, you wouldn't have known it was false snake, and it just tasted actually pretty good. I'll agree with that. The snake I had in Beijing it tasted like chicken, like everything else does. Yeah, no, I that. think I would eat the actual snake, but not the. It's the still beating hard. No. Come on, you're Doctor Jones now. You have to do it. You have to be more adventurous, Doctor Doctor Jones. <laughs> I don't think that. Was part of the, the deal. The deal. Well, oh, you no. knew that when you married me. <laughs> <laughs> you took my name. You got to do it. <laughs> um, I don't think that Indiana Jones got it. Yeah, he was afraid of snakes. That's true. <laughs> it's yeah, true. I'm, I'm trying he did have monkey brains. Apart. Yes, monkey brains. No. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to th- when I was in Cambodia. I would. This was a few years ago. Uh, there was a couple of travelers that invited me to look for monkey brains to see if it was possible to buy, but it had been banned the year prior, so it was just impossible to, to buy, and I was so glad <laughs> I couldn't get it. I'm trying to think of the weirdest thing that you've tried since you haven't been out uh, been anywhere. as much as I have. I hope it's not yeah. something like steak. <laughs> we had a. Uh, it's not too weird, but we had blood sausage in. Uh, in Spain. Spain. That was actually really good. Oh, that's good. delicious. Mm. It was yeah. very good. It was all nice and discolored and looked horrifying, and then you ate it, and it was delicious. Wait until you have it in Argentina. It's really good there. Yeah, you're more of the adventurous eater, not so much in eating the extreme things, but it is just eating everything. Everything, but, <laughs> but the weird things, the odd gourmet <laughs> things like olive oil ice cream and and kind of. That's still pretty odd. good. Yeah, it's it pretty much what Steph does. Yeah, she'll eat everything except for maybe eggplants for some reason or some other odd vegetables here and there or different meats, but she'll mostly eat everything. Sounds about right. Trying to think of something on long where we're going to go that I can challenge Angie on the trying. He's really trying to push you on your list. I like it. I'm not stopping you from doing it. You can can do it. Go for it. (laughs) Living the dream. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) My dream is to not eat balut or... We're not not going to Vietnam, so I'm trying to... (laughs) Hmm. We'll have to get back to you in about a year and a half on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Keep a tally of all the weed foods. But Angie eats. Yeah. <laughs> it's be a very short list. <laughs> I think we're... Um, what day? I had tarantula in Cambodia, and I think it was cockroach. No, I think that was the weirdest things that I've had. I was scared to try cockroach. Uh, So the tarantula is not too bad. It kind of, yeah, because I think maybe because it has a bit of meat on it and they deep fry it, so it was kind of of like honey beef or something like that. Um, But, (laughs) yeah, it wasn't too bad. I'd I'd have another. Um, But, yeah, the the cockroach, because it's all thin, not all that meaty, um... It was just really, really chewy. So I had to chew on it for about um, five minutes before I could get it down. Oh. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it didn't taste bad. It was just hard to swallow. Mm. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Um, that's the only question that I had, so I'll, I'll let him know that you guys answered it for him. He'll be very happy. Uh, um, so, Mike, where can people find you online if they 
want to see some of the stuff that you've been doing. Oh, I'm sorry, me? Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, I could be found at artofbackpacking.com and you could be found on Twitter, Art of Backpacking without a G. Um, yeah, I could be just found right over there, artofbackpacking.com, Art of Backpacking without the G because they couldn't fit it on Twitter. Uh, right on Twitter. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for Again. coming on the show. <laughs> Jeremy, Angie, where can people find you? Uh, we're at uh, livingthedreamrtw.com. That's uh, living the dream and the letters RTW or around the world. Uh, on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com slash livingthedreamblog. And on Twitter, it's uh, twitter.com slash livingdreamrtw. So same as our website, just without the the. It was too long. Um, and once we get started on our trip, Angie's going to be taking over kind of a side project we're working on called International Food Project. Yeah, it's internationalfoodproject.com. And I uh, uh, hope you can check it out. It's going to be all about tasty food that we eat when traveling. And then when we get back, if we get back, whenever that would be, um, recreating the recipes at home trying to make it as authentic as possible. Like balut. <laughs> uh, uh, this if, Jer- if Jerry wants to do that, that's fine. Ugh. But I'm not not eating it. Yeah. So is that website live already or uh, yeah, it's it's live. We actually built it a couple years ago and have been slowly putting a, a few articles on, but the main purpose is for this trip, so uh, once we get rolling, Angie will be running with that one pretty good. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I'll include links to all those websites on the show notes, so um, anyone can check it out later. But, um, yeah, thanks, guys, for coming on the show. Anytime, and thank you again. It's always yeah. a good time being on here. Oh, you're just so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks again for Angie, Jeremy, and Michael, who joined me for this episode of the West Wonders podcast. Um, If you'd like to read any of the stories, you can do so by the links on the show notes. So to get to the links, it's podcast.weswanders.com forward slash seven, because this is episode seven of the podcast. Um, If you have any questions or feedback for the podcast you can email podcast at weswanders.com you can also follow me on twitter at wes7 w-e-z and the number seven or you can head over to my blog weswanders.com and as always we really appreciate um, you for listening in Um, and if you could share it with your friends or give it a rating on itunes Um, We'd appreciate that as well. But until next episode, happy travelling.